didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline. 13th of May, 2012. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 197. Uh, I tell you what, Grant, uh, I am still tired. It's been a week since that big road trip of ours, and uh, I'm still tired. That was a big, big trip. And how, mate? And how? It took me quite a while to get over all the energy drinks I had to have to keep myself going to get up there. Do the show and get back. How's this for podcasting dedication, dear listeners? Left Melbourne 11 p.m. on the Friday night and was home on the Monday morning at 4.30 in my case. Yes, yes. 3.30 for me. Ha, ha, ha. I live a little closer. But yeah, it was a really intense trip, that's for sure. There you go. Taking one for the team there. Anyway, let's get on with this week's report. Now, let's see. Uh, well, we'll start with legal matters first. Now, you may remember that sort of late last year, back in October, that uh, Qantas uh, was granted by Alan Joyce and the board uh, over a long-running dispute that it was having with three unions. Well, the Australian and International Pilots Association, the uh, organisation that represents uh, Qantas pilots, has been in court uh, seeking some federal court injunctions against Qantas and uh, they've all been thrown out this week. That's right, mate. Uh, the federal court said, sorry, Fair Work Australia did have the right to order you to cease any form of protected work disputes and rule them back to work. Uh, the pilots tried to say that they were not disruptive. They were just making announcements and wearing red ties. And, uh, you know, the federal court did say, yeah, Qantas and the uh, Fair Work Australia did kind of overstep the mark by lumping the pilots in with the uh, engineers and the baggage handlers and so on, but uh, because the pilots were actually continuing the flight, the long haul guys, but uh, unfortunately the federal court was not able to overthrow Fair Work Australia's decision and uh, they do have to go and sit down and negotiate and so on. Yeah, in fact, one of the uh, one of the judges there actually labelled the actions as opportunistic when he's speaking about Qantas management. It seems to me, Grant, that what they've said is, you know, really, guys, you were naughty boys, you shouldn't have done that, but uh, that's okay, we're not going to say you couldn't. The whole thing's just a big blot, really. Uh not very impressive on all sides. There's a statement here on the Qantas Pilots uh, Facebook page. It says here, sad news that the federal court has dismissed our appeal of the actions taken immediately after the lockout. We think the law as it stands is unfair uh, and allows powerful employers to force the agenda with unnecessary lockouts that uh, threaten to uh, disrupt the economy, Grant. And it looks like if you read further down that comment, and I'd encourage listeners to have a look at the Qantas Pilots uh, Facebook page if they are interested in what the statement was there in full. Uh, It looks like they're now changing their focus to uh, having the law changed uh, within the Fair Work Act. Of course, the uh, Fair Work Act was set up by the uh, Rudd and uh, Gillard Labor government. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I don't think they're going to have much chance of getting that changed before the next election, which is probably about a year from now. (laughs) Yeah, if not a little sooner. And uh, let's face it, it's probably going to uh, be thrown out and replaced by something else if the Liberal coalition have their way. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we'll stick with politics just for now, because uh, during the week we had the federal budget handed down by Australia's Treasurer, Wayne Swan. And uh, yeah, there was some... uh, Pretty hefty cuts going on there. The uh, federal government is uh, pushing hard to turn around its uh, $40 billion deficit from uh, last year uh, into a $1.5 billion surplus this year. Lots of cuts going on as a result of that. And uh, defence, well, they certainly haven't been spared, mate. They've had $5 billion cut out of their budget for the uh, forecasted next few years. And uh, that means that, uh, amongst other things, as we spoke about last week, the uh, F-35 now will be delayed along with the P-8 and uh, also grant some early retirements. That's right, mate. Uh, As we discussed last week, the 
decision to make a decision about the uh, decision to buy the F-35 has been pushed back uh, to 2014. So, of course, that means that money that was earmarked to be paid can be delayed. Oh, look, there's a huge $4 billion saving right there, I think it was. Quite a few billion has been pushed back and that gave them a big uh, big saving, which uh, helped them bring the, the uh, overall budget into surplus. But, yeah, also a decision on the P-8 Poseidon to replace the Orions. So uh, nothing huge there. It's all just been pushed out, same as it is in the US with the F-35. They're delaying making decisions while the project uh, works really hard to try and iron out the problems. But uh, the other bit is that they're going to phase out the C-130Hs. They uh, were going to phase them out later in the decade, but they've decided to phase them out now in 2012. They'll still have the C-130Js, of course, plus the C-17s. There's going to be six of those, but uh, the H model is being phased out uh, early in 2012. Yeah, that uh, that is sad to see those aircraft go, although a number of the H models are uh, currently uh, pretty much in storage up there at RAF Base Richmond up there in New South Wales. So, in fact, a number of them have had their engines removed. So, uh, I guess uh, for the remaining C-130H fleet, uh, it's only a matter of time. It's, it's not a surprising decision. As Grant said, they were, uh, you know, slated to go anyway. But, uh, yeah, that retirement has been brought forward. So, that'll be a bit sad. We've seen those H's going around the skies. I think most of them have been around uh, those models uh, since the late 70s. Uh, but, of course, so, you know, the J's are still here. And, uh, well, they're a mighty aircraft. I love the Hercules. <laughs> I know, mate. You love that aircraft. And, and uh, I, look, the, the H is pretty expensive to run. Uh, the H is more expensive to run per flight hour than the J. And uh, both of them, have, uh, in turn, are, of course, more expensive than the next new aircraft we're getting, mate. Absolutely. The C-27J, Grant, we called this. I'm saying we called this about a year ago. It was when we saw that C-27J doing a barrel roll at uh, Avalon. Mate, all those uh, fighter pilots crying into their uh, Jeremiah weed, mate. That was when we knew they had to buy it. Absolutely. And the government has confirmed that the Royal Australian Air Force will purchase 10 Alenia C-27J uh, aircraft. And uh, they'll be coming online at this stage uh, around 2015 to uh, 2016 entering service. Now, uh, those aircraft basically are being brought in to uh, replace the Caribou aircraft, which were retired back in December 2009. Uh, they, so we've uh, sort of been missing a bit of capability there. Actually, Grant, up last week up at the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society, it was pretty good to see a couple of the old uh, Caribou there are being restored and uh, getting back and flying but uh, yeah the RAF has been missing that capability ever since they were retired and uh, we've been I know we here have been pushing for the C-27J I don't think uh, Airbus was too happy that uh, their alternative uh, wasn't chosen no they are definitely not happy and uh, they're citing the fact that their aircraft is a lot cheaper than the C-27J back last year when it looked like the C-27J was going to come on Flight Global said it looked like a $950 million deal to get 10 of the aircraft well now they're talking $1.4 billion so sure, they may be making an allowance for the Australian dollar that's going down at the moment, but uh, it seems odd that it's gone up so much. So we need to know what's going on in that, whether the treasurer was telling us uh, an entire life support package as opposed to just the purchase of the aircraft and immediate spares and so on. But uh, it's copping some flack because it's so expensive. Uh, the media uh, raising you know, Airbus's concerns about price and a few in the media are also trying to paint the C-27J as the aircraft that the U.S. have rejected, which is not quite right. It's more that the U.S. can't afford to run it, it seems, that uh, they're winding it down. Not that it's not meeting requirements, more that it's uh, 
unable to be funded. Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, our, our glorious treasurer, Wayne Swan, you know, isn't he one of the ones that said there'd be no carbon tax grant? Anyway. <laughs> oh, that was before the last election. Anyway, I think he's found a way to offset those grant. He's putting uh, passenger movement charges up. You know, I remember when Paul Keating brought in the uh, passenger movement charge, basically a departure tax uh, back in the late 1980s and uh, one of the comedy programs here saying he's finally done it. He's finally worked out a way to tax people from other countries as well. <laughs> yeah. And all those who are trying to flee the country. Yep. So uh, anyway, one there. Yeah, the, one of the other little uh, gems in the budget there is that the departure tax is being uh, hiked up by 17%, $8 up now to $55. So uh, once you get here, we won't let you out until you pay the government $55 in extra tax. Yeah, it's getting a bit like uh, the UK where they have the passenger movement tax, which is, of course, all supposed to go to uh, environmentally friendly stuff, but really just goes into the general bucket as it is here. There's a, a proportion of that uh, money goes into uh, funding airports and uh infrastructure and so on, but a big chunk of it just goes into general spending. Mm, there you go, and I'll, I'll bet you that's where this is going as well, Grant. Oh, very likely, mate. I would say the majority of it would definitely be going that way. No, oh, I love politicians, don't you? We could talk about politics all night. Oh, mate, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I can hear the snoozing from the audience right now. Well, let's spare them of that. We'll uh, sign off here. So until next week, we promise not to talk about politics. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm still Grant McCarran. Hey, cool. Grant McCarran for PM. I like it. Ooh, GM for PM. Winning. <laughs> Southern Skies Online Media